Alright, alright, welcome to Horns Up. We're in a very, very, very noisy, noisy gig. We're at Control or Delete. I am Animesh. And I'm Peter. And with us today is the music journalist from India who's traveling all around the world. So much so that we can only get him, only get to meet him here at Control or Delete. And we're of course, a gig. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Anurag Tagat. Anurag, welcome to Horns Up. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, and. You know, it's glad we've been trying to match our schedules and the only time we can match up is at a gig. So we're really glad you could take time out and uh, oh, definitely. chat with us. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I really always want to come to Control All Delete. So, you know, I've been attending almost every edition and um, like I came back from Australia just a couple of days ago. So what did you see there? Whom did you meet? Uh, well, I was mostly there to just meet my brother. But yeah, we planned around shows. So, you know, we saw Arctic Monkeys. We saw Death Cab for Cutie. We saw... Uh, Veil of Maya with Dance Gavin Dance, which was a lot of, lot of fun. Ha, we saw Devin Townsend. No. He cuffed on me. <laughs> Humble <laughs> brag. Humble brag. <laughs> we can do that too, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, let me set the stage for what we're going to try and do today. We're trying out a new format. It's called All A's Albums, Triple uh, A, whatever you want to call it. The funda essentially is that you take an album and you break it, break down each and every song on it and we are trying to see if all the songs on the album can at least score a grade of A minus, right? If they can hit an A minus, uh, then and if every song on that album hits an A minus, then it's an all A's album. So, Peter. Yeah, and this wasn't easy coming up with also, considering how different all our tastes are, especially with animation, me, and then you add Anurag to the mix. Yeah, so what we, what we did was, uh, Peter and I thought long and hard about our choices. And so the albums that we are choosing um, are essentially what we personally think to be all A albums, but are they really when you actually uh, try and judge them, not just subjectively, but a bit objectively? That's what we're here to find out. So Peter, let's begin with your album. All right. What album have you picked? So if anybody has been listening to the metal for the last say, 20 to 30 years, you've definitely heard this at least once. Yes, I'm talking about Panthera, Cowboy from Hell. Now, you know, this is an album I heard the first time when I was still getting into metal and it had such an impact on me that, you know, 30 years later we're going to be discussing this album and I think that's one of the staying powers for it. I mean, while I was doing my research, one of the things I found out and was really surprised was this was actually their second album with their vocalist Phil, their first being power metal. And while I was looking up their pictures, guys, it's not a pretty sight. I mean, if you think about it, late 80s, looking at all of them, I mean, Dimebag Daryl was called Diamond Daryl for a reason. But <laughs> this was the album that they shed their glam metal image. Mm. And one thing I really was surprised also about was this, was this album was not an instant hit. I mean, two stats that I found could demonstrate it. One was the album peaked at number 27 on the Billboard charts in 1992, two years after it released. And the second thing was in 1993, it went gold, which sold 500,000 copies and went platinum in 1997, selling a million copies. So this was not an instant hit among metalheads or anyone else. And let's put it into context also. This was the time where you know, it was kind of the end of the metal era and slowly grunge coming in. Correct. Yeah. So this was a very important uh, album in a way. And if you think about it, 
the way things are. But very, very interesting trivia that I found about this album was uh, this lineup of that recorded Cowboys for Mel almost didn't make it to the studio. Why is that? So, because Darrell, Dimebag Darrell was such a great guitarist, he actually got an offer from Megadeth to join them. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah I wow. didn't know that. So, yeah. Dave Mustaine offered him to join the band and he said yes, but on one condition, that Vinnie Paul had to go with him. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Megadeth Deal was happy breaker. with their own drummer Chuck Beller at that time and I mean think about it this album could have almost not happened if Vinnie Paul went with uh, Dimebag Darrell to uh, Megadeth so that was one interesting thing I found out the second more interesting thing was uh, the band were playing in Toronto in 1991 in Toronto uh, club show okay and among the audience was none other than the metal god Rob Halford. Oh, wow. Okay. And he goes backstage and meets them and says, Hey, do you know any Judas Priest? And the quote I read, what Phil says was, That was asking us, like, as if we knew what Dixie Beer was, because <laughs> they're from <laughs> Texas. But through that, basically, Rob Halford was so uh, amazed by the band, he took them on tour to Europe on their painkiller tour. And the band kind of just never looked back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And never looked back. From there. All right. So, yeah. So, Cowboys from Hell, we'll get into it. Um, let's start off. So, we're, what we're doing here is we're going to be tracking down each song in the order of appearance as they are, uh, are listed on the album itself. And yeah, let's see whether it is an all A's album. All right. Let's so, without much ado, here we go. First track on the album. Cowboys from Hell. I mean, this is the most recognizable song of Pantera. That opening riff, man, there's something about it. There's that, and for me, when I listen to that and put it into context, this is where the band was like showing them, like, yeah, this is where heavy metal guys, we're no more glam. And they have that whole swagger about them. I don't know. I mean, for me, this is where really it sets the tone. If you look at it also, Texas was not really known for its metal, so hence the Cowboys from Hell kind of play in there. And I mean, come on, the riff is so recognizable, at least the opening riff, everyone kind of can sing along. This is a song you can put in on at any metal gig or any party and you'll have everyone singing along. So what's your grade? A plus man, for sure. I bite. It's an A plus from my side too. My notes, I, I prepared notes and they say, that riff says it all. Uh, it's groovy, southern, down and dirty. They literally state in the song, we're taking over this town. And that's the announcement to the world. Pantera is taking over metal, groove metal, whatever you want to call it. They have announced it. We are taking over this town. This belongs to them. A plus from me too. Oh, yeah. Anurag. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, like, I just like to pre preface the whole thing by saying that Pantera was one of those bands that I got introduced to because of Indian bands, you know, like not necessarily because they covered it. I think I just heard it playing on the PA at like one of the metal gigs at Raz or something. And I was just like, everybody knows this song, you know, like which fucking song is this? So um, I think that's how I got introduced. To it. And yeah, it was definitely like from the get go. Like when you hear that riff, you just know it like it's a riff that like is 
is known. It's, it's just a known riff, like, you know. Um, and I think I heard, like, many, like, before I heard covers from Hell, the track itself, like, I heard other bands who kind of sounded like that, right? Uh -huh. And maybe even sounded like that riff itself. So, yeah, I mean, it's a classic riff, man. It's timeless. Definitely. So what's your name? A+. Plus, a+. Plus. A+. Plus. Okay, so we're off to a good start, yeah? Alright. Yeah. Triple A+. Pluses. Yeah. Track 2, Primal Concrete Sledge. Again, when you look into the band, uh, this album really not only showed the heavy metal, but also had a bit of hardcore. And that's where this song kind of has their hardcore influences. It packs in a huge punch in just two minutes. I mean, I know their album cover for the next album was a fist to the face, but for me, this song is that fist to the face, literally. Okay. So again, A plus for me. I agree with you. It's an A plus from me too. I love that intro. It's like taking a doom metal riff and speeding up to like 20x. <laughs> <laughs> because just repetition, constant repetition, repetition. And then that snare hit, boom! And you're into a different <laughs> section of the song. And then they're like another section and then it becomes another section. And just bringing all of these sections together, uh, you bring those ideas together and that's what makes it a masterpiece for me. So it's an A plus from me too. But I mean, like following up, a, like the title track is not easy. You know, that's, I think that always yeah, happens. Like you, you have like yeah. a great opener. And then after that, you have to have another, like, you know, great opener, yeah. technically. So I feel like the song was, I mean, did a good job in that respect. Like, I, I don't think I heard the song many times on its own. So, okay. like, that, that's, why, that's why I feel like maybe I'm going to say, like, A. I'm not going to be, like, A+, plus, but A. Okay, so. cool. Chike, okay. what's up next? All right. Track three is Psycho Holiday. Uh, for me, this song showcases the darker sound that Pantera were going for. Okay. I mean, again, you see glimpses of the lyrics or the mind that uh, Phil was in. Example of the lyrics, time to set my demons free. So you, and again, this is peppered through the entire album. You'll see glimpses of this. And again, this sets the tone for basically what was coming also in the future albums for Pantera. I would put this as an A. Okay. Interesting because I have this as an A as well. Um, it stretches out. It seems like an average track for me, really. But then around that two and a half minute mark when Dimebag steps in, it just, uh, he just saves the day. And he's done it a lot of times over the entire album. But uh, that solo section which stretches on for around like 40 to 50 seconds almost, that moves it from a B to an A for me. Right. Yeah, man, I mean, I, I have to agree about the solo part, definitely. Like, for me, like, the song, I went back to repeat it only because I heard the solo. Correct, right? Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm still going to give it an A. Yes, okay. Just for that solo. Okay, yeah. cool. Track four, Hearsay. This was a little tough one for me because okay. my notes that I put down is, this is a complete dime bag showcase from start to finish. Okay. There's nothing else that is remarkable about it. And again, you'll hear about, about the bees when we come to the B side. But a lot of these tracks, I feel that, you know, it's Dimebag who's kind of put the tracks together and then they've tried to figure it out. Or So, again, this is a very iffy, I mean, a low A if I may, but probably a B plus if I'm going to be honest. Okay. This is not the strongest track uh, okay. on their album. Okay, you've got it at a B plus. I've actually graded it at a A minus. Um, 
it has a very thrashy feel to it. It's not it's not like the groove metal that Pantera goes on to be known for, right? Or is known for today. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but this entire song it brings to mind 80% of all Indian band ka OCs. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> every every riff sounds the same. Every uh, the 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 structuring of the song sounds the same, and you can immediately see who the band is trying to you know. Ape, if I could just yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, same verdict as the previous track. It's Dimebag who saves this track, so which is why it pushes it up from a B to an A minus for me. Right. I mean, well, this is where I could start hearing like some sort of familiarity of like with thrash metal. So you know, yeah. I was like, okay, like I could tell that. Oh, right, Pantera is still a thrash metal band. You know, they're not necessarily like carving their own path yeah. just yet on this yeah. album. I mean, of course, later on the later tracks like kind of. Mostly like kind of debunk that, you know. But yeah, I feel like this track was still one of those a little samey. So I'm gonna still give it a B. I would say. Okay, so we have a first B, officially B because it's two to three B. Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll see what happens next. Next up is again a track that is most played, I think, by Pantera. You, if you've listened to Pantera, Cemetery Gates. I mean, this is their longest song, probably the only. Power ballad-ish on the on the album. Yeah, yeah. And I say so but too, yeah. but one thing about that always surprises me, or at least the first time I heard it, is the transition that happens a minute and a half into the track. You don't expect it. Like if if, if you heard this track on its own, you're just like, or even if you've heard it in the album, you're just like, okay, what happened to these guys? And then they hit you with that part a minute and a half, and yeah, man. Of course, the solo. Nothing like it. I mean, you could just listen to that solo part for an hour if you want to. Yeah, and analyze it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. What's your What's your grade on this? This is an A plus track for me. I've for given sure. it an A triple plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best power ballads ever. I think. I think. I'm surprised that in 1990 they did this, and then Metallica did Nothing Else Matters in 1991. Yeah. Right. So this to me is perhaps even better than. the uh, all of metallica's power ballads unless you count like fate to black as a power ballad i don't know if you guys do anyways uh talking about pantera and this track particularly it has a nasty habit of uh getting stuck in my head and i keep humming it at times because it's just that melodic uh it shows off everyone's range really well it's super work by dimebag by dimebag as well as by phil and selmo uh the ending section Oh my god it's a perfect showcase of skills it makes the song better it just it doesn't seem like a show off pissing contest it actually adds to the song yeah it's an a triple plus for me right well yeah i mean like i didn't know that it was like you know that clash metal bands can make ballads you know <laughs> uh before this uh i mean of course i'd heard metallica before i'd heard pantera so uh but yeah since you mentioned the date you know like yeah, yeah i i get it now you know i get that like i mean it feels even more so it seems to solidify why pantera were still a lesser known band even though they were doing things that metallica were doing or somebody mm. else yeah. you know like yeah. even though they were in that same you know range yeah. so it, it was it was a little odd for me to hear something this good and then be like why wasn't this like an even like more famous Because song yeah, yeah, yeah. why wasn't this as famous as nothing else matters you know yeah. but yeah i mean so yeah this is definitely an a plus for me okay all right what's next track 6 on the album is domination again now 
one thing you'll notice me keep saying is the riffs, man. Of and course. the opening riffs for all these tracks, it just hits you. Yeah, and I agree. My notes, I put it down as they get back to their regular tempo. Those chugging riffs, man. I mean, again, this, if you look at, the, uh, visit it, when you look at it, the rest of their discography, this kind of sets the template for groove metal and also the rest of their discography in there. So, definitely an A plus for me, man. It's an A double plus from me on this one. This was the first Pantera song I ever heard. I fell in love with them immediately over there because I was like, how can, how is it possible for a riff to be this bouncy? Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to go back and learn it and I didn't realize that such a simplistic sounding riff can be this tough to nail. Because if you can't, if you don't have the correct technique, it's a very, very, very tough song to play. And it took me a long period of time to be able to even reproduce some semblance of not just the guitar riff, but the bass riff in particular. Because even the bass is as competitive as the guitar on this song, especially the rhythm section. But of course, uh, I think the band is on another level with this one. And since it follows Cemetery Gates with that one, perfect one-two combo. Definite A double plus from me on this one. Are we counting like double A pluses with yeah, like B minus and then like I'm, yeah, the average? That's just, what I do, man. It's, wow, my, it's a little way for me to just add some more uh, masala to it. Nice, <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, man. But it's definitely an A plus for me also because it's probably the among the first five songs I heard of Pantera. And again, it definitely was. Like one of those things I heard and I'm like, yeah, I've heard this song before. Like I've heard it on, on the radio or on, you know, on like a PA system at some gig yeah, yeah. before. Or maybe I've just heard an Indian band cover it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. But it was, um, yeah, it was just like such an iconic riff again, man. So like, uh, and the fact that it comes like towards the middle of the album is, is really like, you know, it picks back up again. So yeah, yeah I feel like definitely A plus for that. Okay. Lovely. What's next? On to track seven. Shattered. For me now, this is a mixed bag because okay. it has the great riffs and a killer solo. But I'm not a huge fan of those high-pitched vocals. I, yeah. Like most of the songs, uh, Phil kind of showcases his vocal range, and this is not something you see him continue. So I'm glad he kind of ditched it. But yeah, for this, again a B plus for me. I agree with you. It's a B plus from me too. It's the first song of the entire album that doesn't really hit the mark. It seems like Pantera is not the Pantera that we know of on this track. It's more glam, it's more hard rock in that way. It seems like the old Pantera here. I don't know if it's because it follows Cemetery Gates and Domination. Maybe, obviously that automatically like reduces it slightly, but, uh, but yeah, it's a B plus from my side too. But I mean, I really like the opening riff, you know? The last rest of the song almost feels like a little letdown compared to that opening. <laughs> and you know, the opening riff actually reminds me a little bit of like, it's, it's like a, almost like a very metallic, hardcore kind of thing, you know, like yeah, the pace at yeah. which it goes. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I like, I heard it the first time and I was like, wow, like, this is pretty modern. Yeah. That's what I felt. I mean, in retrospect, obviously. Like, uh. At that time, it must have just felt something else. So, I mean, I like that opening riff, but yeah, the rest of it doesn't do much for me either. Uh, probably gonna give it a B plus. Okay, okay, cool. So it's a round of B pluses on this one. Yeah. Track eight, clash with reality. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the modern or the hardcore part because for me this track was that. You actually they showcase their 
hardcore influences. In some interviews I was reading, uh, Phil talks about listening to bands like Black Fag and stuff like that, and you can kind of see that here. But other than that, this is all dime bag for me, man. I mean, maybe I'm biased, but for me, this track actually showcases a lot of his. So, yeah, again, I would say an A minus, to be honest. Okay. Uh, please note that Peter and I haven't shared our grades, <laughs> but it's an A minus for me too. I love that opening riff. I think this song is basically the template setter for the future of groove metal. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that. Overall, one of the most underrated songs on this album. True. Like if this song was to belong to any other album, uh, it would have been one of the lead singles. Right, I mean, I feel like, yeah, this was a little buried in, in the track list, essentially, by the band themselves or, I don't know, label rep, something, somebody, yeah. producer, who knows. Uh, but, uh, like, yeah, it has a lot of potential, man. Like, I really liked it. Like you said, like, it had, like, that little hardcore vibe. So, yeah. uh, it stuck with it. me immediately, like, when I was thinking, like, yeah. thinking about it in retrospect. But, and also, we should put this in perspective. At this point, because most of the music sales were on cassettes, so this would be one of the top, uh, B-sides, first openers yeah. or something like that. So it, oh yeah, that, that could yeah. kind of make sense in the track it, placement if you look at it also. Interesting. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. for sure. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Right, it's still an A for me, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. Cool. So next up is Medicine Man. Now, again, by this point in the album, you're expecting these chuggy intros. Uh-huh. What kind of put me in a bit of a toss was the spacey vocal parts, yeah. which I considered more, if you think about it, for people who listen to Voivod and thrash metal, it kind of reminded me of that. And again, this continues, so if, if you think that was only a one-off, it continues to the main verses. And again, I'm not a fan of the high-pitched vocals, man. <laughs> like, I wish he continued with that or his thrashy part. So, I would put it again A-, minus, man, just for the riffs and the vocals. Or the different vocals. Okay, I, I've, I've got it as a B plus. The band is trying to tell a story. It's stepping into a different territory lyrically, but overall, it lacks punch. Yeah. Uh, the spacey vocal bit. I like the fact that the bass line was actually doing a lot behind Phil on that. So that's what saves it for me. But still, it's a B plus for my side. It was still a good song for me personally because I knew that Pantera had a glam metal background. So yeah. you know, I understood the high-pitched vocals. I wasn't like, how dare you do this? You know, <laughs> like after doing Domination and after Cowboys from Hell, you know. I still liked it for that because it felt like it was just a nod to their past. Not yeah. necessarily like um, being like, yeah, this is an all-new Pantera, I get used to it. So yeah, I still liked it for that. That's why I'm going to I'm gonna give it an A because, okay. uh, I mean, like in, in perspective of the album, it just felt like a band that was staying true to its roots. Okay. Almost towards the end, track number 10, Message in Blood. Yeah, again, really dark themes. You can see the kind of dark themes coming there. But for me, this was again, just Dimebag, man. And I don't know why it is. Like, I think at this point, <laughs> maybe Phil kind of lost track. I don't know what it is. But yeah, I, my notes just say another showcase of Dimebag riffs. So again, I... I would put it like a B plus again, man. Okay, I have it as a B minus. It's one of the weakest songs, probably the weakest song on the album for me. Uh, and what makes it worse is because the primary riff on this song, it sounds just like Clash with Reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Good. So at least I'm not the only one <laughs> hearing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a B minus for me. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah, B B, just B. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean no, nothing newer to contribute than what you All guys right. said. Okay. Cool. Track eleven, the sleep. The di- opening riff is a bit different, and then they kind of settle into the chugs. Yeah, so but before that opening riff is that lovely acoustic section. Yeah, yeah. Right? Who yeah. would expect that on this album? So that that's what kind of uh, took me by surprise. And again, you know, the dark themes. We have Phil uh, singing out, "Will we survive this night?" I mean, you you can actually get glimpses, and you see like those kind of lyrics kind of stuck out for me. And then you kind of realize where they're going down in a way. Um, I would just again put it at say probably an A minus, just for everything overall wise. Same here. I've got it as an A minus too. Uh, one of the underrated tracks, but it comes in very late. Yeah. So probably now you're just you need something different, and I think that's the role that acoustic section plays. Yeah. And yeah, I think it works overall. But is one of the more underrated songs on this album. Yeah. Yeah, again, in the concept context of like the whole album and sequencing, and you know how important shit like that is, I feel like they did a good job with placing this track where it is. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I was I was expecting to hear some acoustic shit going on because I was just like, yeah, this was the '90s, and this was you know when grunge was big, and this was you know yeah, acoustic guitars were still a thing. So. Um, I mean, there's still always a thing. But keep in mind, this is thing. 1990 when they wrote it. Like, this is before grunge became yeah. that popular. But it was almost yeah. right. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I think we were. That's why I, just a couple of yeah. 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 That's why I got like a bit of a grunge vibe from this song too. So, um, I still liked it. So yeah, I'm, I'm still going to stick with like a B. I would say. Okay. okay. Cool. All right, and to wrap up this album, the art of shredding. This is a good closer for me. Considering uh-huh. if you put it into context, where most of the music you listen to by the end, the bands are kind of just like losing steam, or they've just kind of thrown in, and I don't know why. For me, this gave it a whole kind of party metal vibe. Like this is the kind of <laughs> stuff you would throw on, uh, just get the party started in a way. If you're a metal head, it's also like one of those songs that. Seem to have started with a song title and then the rest yeah, of the yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Dime, just head into there. It's called the art of shredding, and Dime just fucking starts ripping at it. Yeah, like you take away, you take away the opening part of the song, and you just keep the uh, instrumental section of it, and it would still remain a perfect track to end the album yeah, with. Yeah. You don't need that opening section of it, yeah. but that uh, instrumental section itself is so powerful. That automatically, I'd, I'd bump it up to an A minus only because of that. What about you? You did same, same here. Same A minus. A minus. It's gonna be still an A only for me because I mean not necessarily minus because, like, okay, actually A minus. Yeah, I'm gonna change it because mostly because like I don't know what the lyrics are about. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I exactly. still don't know. They, they don't mean anything. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so yeah, A minus yeah. because of the lyrics. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, so that was Pantera's Cowboys from Hell. Closing remarks. Have, you wanna uh, add something? Oh, are you are you stating a case? No, I'm just <laughs> stating a case. But like for me, this album means a lot. So just like for me, of course, this was one of the albums that I realized how powerful something as simple as the guitar could be in a way in a band. I mean, when I looked through the entire album and I was revisiting it, I realized just in retrospect how important uh, Dimebag was to the band. And if you realize, it's also in the rest of the album. As a guitar player, you see him finding his voice. I mean, come on, this is the fifth album uh, he'd recorded. So, 
after a while he's really found his voice and the addition of Phil also on vocals this is where really he's getting into his own uh, as the band states that you know glam metal they just looked at themselves and yeah. realized what the hell they were doing yeah and again you have to realize this was the end of glam metal so you know it kind of worked and for me again this album kind of puts Texas on the map if you look at it in the past there weren't that many notable uh, bands from Texas and my last point for this album is I've spent innumerable hours listening to it this album has been my pick me up through working out through tough times when I'm low on energy and stuff like that just listening to like Cowboys from Hell endlessly but unfortunately in the recent times I've realized this has been the album that kind of gets associated with the tough metal guys kind of thing <laughs> definitely which annoys me to no end because I'm like <laughs> to me listen I'm sorry I'm sorry to cut you off over there but <laughs> the moment somebody says Pantera Cowboys from Hell Zygnema pops into my head <laughs> oh yeah it was Zygnema and Undying Ink Undying Ink yeah. yeah I mean like I think you know Shashank Badnagar owes like I don't know how much money to Panthera <laughs> God damn. sorry Shashank if you're listening to this so does so does Kadadi oh yeah, yeah all of them I mean like yeah. you know the thing but you know what's the beautiful part is we heard this album like initially probably when it was like almost 15 years into its time and it's still now when I'm listening to it almost 30 years later it still holds I mean if you if, if anyone asked me what are the f five albums you want to introduce someone to metal to? This is definitely one of those five albums for me. Because once you hear this album, you kind of see the influence they've had. Yeah, I, I agree mean, with you on that. In, yeah. in, who would have thought, I mean, I'm pretty sure when Dimebag was freaking sitting and writing these riffs in uh, Texas, he had no idea that, you know, he'd spawn an entire generation of Indian metalheads who would be freaking playing this yeah, song. Definitely. Yeah. That's what makes it seminal, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly right. This is this is officially Pantera's fifth album. Yeah. But I would think that this is their first album yeah. because it's just that it's a huge pivot that they took yeah. and it's a huge gamble that they took. But I think this time they were actually listening to themselves. Yeah. And you can see the influence that Phil Anselmo brings into the band. Yeah. And it's a complete direction change. Overall, the album remains a masterpiece, no matter what grades we may be giving it. No. Um, at the end of the day, if you were to tabulate it, because that's what we're doing, it actually doesn't hit the all A's remark because no. we've got two B's here, even as a trio. Yeah. Right. So, are you bummed about that, Peter? Of course, man. Because, <laughs> like, like that that that's one of the things about, and I feel, and we discussed this earlier, Animesh also, is that a lot of the albums I first heard when I was getting into metal are very dear to my heart, and I hold very close. I mean, I still have the CD and I still remember like, you know, saving up pocket money and buying the CD. But when you hear it 30 years later, almost two decades into being a metalhead, your perspective kind of changes and hence the grades uh, uh, we're giving it. I wish, and I have to put this on record, I missed the last uh, Damage Plan show. Okay. And I was so bummed about it because two days later, Dimebag died. Wow. And yeah, man, like nothing bum has ever bummed me out in my life as much as that. Just to realize that you were that close. And it was, I think it was a $15 show where Damage Plan was playing. Ouch. Yeah. So then, you know, crazy. now listening. Yeah, yeah. Now listening to the album and stuff. Yeah, man. 
Time what back. about you, Anurag? Any closing thoughts? Oh no, I mean, I pretty much like. I feel like as as an album that was introduced to me through somebody, uh, like through a movement, more than like just a friend being yeah. like, "Hey, here you go, here's Pantera." You know, uh, it's it's more like a album that was just so ever present in Indian metal. Uh, even now, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Even now, like you see any thrash metal band come out, like they're just. They have they owe something to Pantera in India at least. I don't know about world over because I feel like especially in Europe and stuff like thrash metal bands there seem to have been influenced by a lot of different things. But out in India, I feel like like apart from Metallica, the the one thrash metal band that everybody was influenced by was Megadeth. Oh, sorry, was Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know it. <laughs> it's probably true, and also Pantera. So. Yeah, I mean that—that's what this album proves for me. Lovely. So there you have it. That was our first all A's albums triple A discussion. Uh, Cowboys from Hell. Unfortunately, it didn't hit technically the all A's point. So yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. But anyways, so of course we're going to be searching for more albums to discuss. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. What do you think are all A's albums, and should we be discussing them on the show? Well, send in your ideas. Uh, you can reach us at Hansapod on Twitter. I'm Adasmani on Twitter, and I'm Trend Crusher. And Anurag, do you want to let people reach you with any ideas? Sure, just like write to me for anything. Just say and anything. And how can people reach you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at A N U R A G T A G A T. That's Anurag Tagat. Oh, it's Tagat. I thought it was Tagat. That's fine. It's a proper <laughs> noun. You can pronounce it any way you But want. yeah, man. Really appreciate uh, you taking out your time, Anurag. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thanks having me. Thanks listening to this. Irrespective if you're from India or anywhere on the world, hit up Anurag, man. He's one of the best current uh, Indian journalists writing about not just metal but also music and independent music. So definitely hit him up, man. Thank you. All right. So with that, it's a wrap on this particular show of Horns Up. Thank you so much for listening. Horns Up. Horns Up. <laughs>